Hi, my name is Michael Sano. I'm Jewish and I love Israel. So if you love Israel, if you love being Jewish, or if you have an unwavering connection to the land of Israel, then you're in the right place. Welcome to the 12 Cities in Israel podcast. Shalom, shalom, shalom. Hey, what's going on? What's going on? What's going on? My name is Michael Sano, and welcome to the 12 Cities in Israel podcast, the only positive podcast about the food, the culture, the people, and the history of the state of Israel. Um, if this is your first time watching us, don't forget to hit the uh, hit the like button, the subscribe button, and the notification bell. Um, if you'd like to take us with you to the gym for a walk while you drive around, you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, and on Spotify. Let me clarify that. It's actually SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and on Spotify. And this episode is brought to you by... The 12 Cities in Israel, Modern Hebrew Flashcards, um, the best resource for learning or brushing up on Hebrew. Um, they're, avail uh, they're available for free for Kindle Unlimited on Amazon. And uh, if you don't have Kindle Unlimited, they cost $9.99 a set. And right now we have the uh, Olive Bet in print and script and numbers in hebrew and we have another one coming out and i'll be talking about that at the end all right hey welcome back to the show guys um as you if you've been listening we uh we've been doing the uh the 12 cities in israel so we've been going over the uh the history of these cities um and the modern city so part one is the history and part two is the modern history and last episode we did Herzliya's ancient history with Apollonia and Talmichal and now we're doing the modern city now the way we do this is we do it from as far back as sites go in the area uh like that could go all the way back to uh the bronze age all the way up until the british mandate and we start the modern city um with the 1948 war for independence for the Jewish state, for Israel. So let me just um, tell you a little bit uh, about the city real quick. So it's named after Theodore Herzl, the father of modern Zionism, um, It who's also the founder of the first Zionist Congress. Um, it's a city in the central coast of Israel, and it is part of the greater Tel Aviv district. It's just north of Tel Aviv. Um, and as of 2019, it had a population of 97,470. Um, you're going to see how significant that is when we get into, uh, population number increases later on in the episode. And it is the home of some of the most influential people uh, in Israeli society. So I'm going to take a quick sip of coffee. Peter Madera, this is for you. Uh, uh, uh. And the, uh, the Independence War history in this episode is super exciting. Hold on just one sec. Mm. Wanted more coffee. Yay. Um, all right, so during the War of Independence, 
Uh, Hertz Leah was initially, I don't know, for those of you who watched the last episode, Hertz Leah was initially a Moshav. Okay, Moshav is a collective farm, not like the socialist kibbutzim, the kibbutz, which is pure, um, pure the purest uh, socialist model for agriculture. Um, they instead they had people who didn't want it to be that restrictive, so they had sort of a collectivized system, um, not a pure socialist system. I'm, I'm assuming that means um, I'm going to have to go through the difference in an episode between a moshav and a kibbutz because I'm, I'm pretty sure you can have a lot of personal ownership um, of items and things. But Herzliya started as a moshav. I think it was in 1923. Um, now, Herzliya Airport is the prime location where all of the independence war history comes from. And I, I, I've got some really great notes. I did some really great um, research into this. And with the outbreak of the war, following Israel's declaration of independence um, as the world's first and only Jewish state, it was quickly realized um, that an air force was needed. They absolutely needed an air force. And the home of this new air force would be, are you ready for that? Herzliya Airport. One of the homes, but the, the the most prominent one for that time was Herzliya Airport. And on May 20th, 1948, the 101st Squadron of the Israeli Air Force was formed with World War II veteran Jewish pilots from the United States as well as volunteers from other countries. So um, Pee Wee Herman's father was a pilot during World War II, and his father was one of the pilots during the Arab-Israeli War. How cool is that? Um, that's absolutely crazy. Um, now, amazingly, and with a little bit of irony, uh, the planes, the pilots of the 101st Squadron flew Czechoslovakian Avia S-199s, which were Czech variants of the Nazi-designed Messerschmitt uh, BF-109s. So... How hilarious is that? They would have thrown up inside themselves in, in rage and in outrage at Jews flying their planes. But it's awesome. Um, so we use the enemy's resources to defend ourselves. Um, they flew these planes from a former Luftwaffe airfield in Zatek, northwestern Czechoslovakia, which was codenamed Zebra. So all, all stealth and cloaking dagger. Uh, this Luftwaffe airfield was located near a Messerschmitt production facility where these pilots also received their flight training on the aircraft. So that's one of the things. It's not like a car. You can get in a car and you can just drive it around. Different aircraft you have to, I guess, pretty much be rated on. Um, and they went and got rated on these rated on these airplanes. Uh, from there, numerous flights were made ferrying the fleet of combat fighters to Ekron Airfield in Rechavot, which was formerly Royal Air Force Base Akir and is now the home of Telnov Air Base. Um, from Ekron Airfield, uh, the planes were then moved 
to their new home in Herzliya, the Herzliya Airport. Um, now, in the beginning, Herzliya Airport was just a makeshift runway. Um, and it was located within the area of the currently standing airfield. And on May 30th, 1948, a number of unassembled planes being worked on at another location uh, were strafed and the Air Force needed a secure location to finish outfitting their new fleet. So in June and October of 1948, the 101st made Herzliya Airport their home. Now, Herzliya Airport's going to come up again later in the episode, and it's pretty fabulous. Um, so one of the major advantages for operating out of Herzliya Airport was the fact that its location was relatively unknown due to the fact that it was purpose-built in response to the strafing attack on their unassembled planes on uh, on May 30th. And this meant that it did not appear on any published maps, so nobody knew about this place. Um, and it was well away from the front, and if discovered, aero reconnaissance would not have disclosed, this is brilliant, the number of planes being housed at Hertzlia Airport because they put them in the orange groves that surrounded the airport. How fabulous is that? That is so cloak and dagger. I use that word again, phrase again. But that is too cool. So they hid these airplanes. Um, and on June 3rd, 1948, the 101st Squadron had the brand new Israeli Air Force's first aerial victory when Modi Alon, after taking off from Herzliya Airport, shot down two Royal Egyptian Air Force C-47s that had just bombed Tel Aviv. So there you go. They're effective immediately. Um, essentially, though, the 101st, eventually, though, the 101st Squadron moved to Hatzor Air Base near Ashdod, and the reasons for this were both practical and strategic. Um, on the one hand, there were issues with the tarmac during rainy weather. So when it would rain, it would turn to mud. Um, but on the other, with so many sorties or missions flying out of Herzliya Airport, um, the, the cat was out of the bag. It was no longer a secure location uh, or a clandestine secret location. So they, in order probably for fuel, because, you know, you can only fly so far on so much fuel, they probably moved it to hot source so that it would be more fuel efficient and they can get more bang for their buck. So four of these um, flew the squadron's first mission on May 29th, strafing um, Egyptian ground forces near Ad Halom in the prelude to Operation Plesia during the war. So they were really active. They were doing stuff. The 101st is uh, has a tremendous battle history. And that battle history starts in Herzliya at Herzliya Airport. So let me take another sip. Hold on just one sec. And with it, that is pretty much the extent of Herzliya's involvement. I mean, of course, there was more involvement. They sent people, their children, to fight in the war and stuff like that. But um, as a strategic location, Herzliya was very important. But 
only for the Air Force. And that's pretty cool. I find that so neat. That is so cool. So in 1948, with the establishment of the State of Israel, Herzliya was a town with 5,300 residents. Um, but these numbers quickly rose to um, about 12,000 with the influx of new Jewish immigrants. And by 1960, this population had risen again to 25,000. And with this, Herzliya was able to declare itself a city. And they did. So in 1960, Herzliya became a city, the city of Herzliya. And it has, throughout the decades, um, just grown and grown and grown and become this amazing uh, coastal community that is the envy of <laughs> of many. The homes there, a the lot of million dollar, million shekel homes. Numer well, that actually doesn't make it that expensive, but million dollar, we'll say million dollar homes. And uh, but why did this happen? Why did Herzliya become this Beverly Hills or Malibu of Israel. And I'm going to tell you why. There's a couple of reasons why. Um, one of the major ones is because of IDC Herzliya. Um, now, the Interdisciplinary Center, Herzliya, which is an IDC Interdisciplinary Center, um, or Ha Merkaz Ha Bentehumi, Herzliya, or abbreviated to IDC Herzliya. Um, it's a private research college, and it was founded in 1994 by Oriel Reichman and modeled after the American Ivy League universities. So already we're seeing there's a status that this university wants to have um, in Herzliya. So it's classified as an independent, unbudgeted, nonprofit university, and it receives no funding from the Israeli government. And it offers undergraduate degrees, postgraduate degrees, and PhDs to its students. Most of everything there, curriculum-wise, is in English, too, which is very important. Um, the campus is located on the grounds of the former Israeli Air Force Base that's at next to Herzliya Airport and was the home to the 101st Squadron. So, boom. From then to now. Pretty cool. Uh, if you go to IDC Herzliya, you are going to a place that is steeped in the history of the state of Israel right from the beginning. Um, currently, there are 8,000 students enrolled at IDC for undergraduate and graduate degrees, um, including 2,000 international students from 86 different countries. That's phenomenal. Um, with 36% from Europe and 31% from North America. So that's a lot of people from overseas coming to IDC Herzliya. Now, IDC Herzliya and its home city Herzliya are both the nexus of what is called the Startup Nation. So this is where a lot of the affluence, the wealth that's created um, currently in Israel is coming from. 
Both new enterprise ventures and established corporations take advantage of the symbiotic relationship between the two and choose Hertz Leah as the place to establish their headquarters. Because of this, Apple, Microsoft, and IBM chose Hertz Leah as their home in Israel. So there really is a symbiotic relationship for Hertz Leah between IDC Hertz Leah and the, what is the startup nation um it is what what was the joke the joke used to be um the jewish mother hopes that um her son or daughter grows up to be a doctor um but now the hope is that they <laughs> create a startup and sell it within the first six months it's been a huge shift huge changing in uh the uh the priorities uh for direction in life and success in life um so that's idc hertz leah i'm gonna do a uh, a larger episode on the universities in israel um, I've already done one on Ben Gurion University, and that's because I have experience there. But IDC is one that I want to talk about as well. Um, so another thing, and probably because of this, there is a an event every year called the uh, the Herzliya Conference, and it's an annual summit of influential Israeli and international leaders. Um, it was first held in two thousand and is attended by government ministers, Knesset members, senior defense officials, leaders of the Israeli business community, senior academicians, media reps from Israel and abroad, delegates of world Jewish organizations, foreign dignitaries, and Israeli diplomats. So it is where um, the movers and the shakers in Israel um, meet once a year. It's, <laughs> could we call it the Bretton Woods? Um, uh, of, uh, what, what's, what's that one that they always talk about? The, uh, I can't remember, but the conspiracy theory one, but this is where all the important people, not just in Israel, but internationally come to, uh, rub elbows and find out what the newest, greatest thing coming out of Israel is. And it's every year in Herzliya and it's the Herzliya conference. Um, now I told you about all this wealth. Well, all this wealth is concentrated in one place and that place is called Herzliya Petuach. And it is located in the Western part of Herzliya and it is the affluent beachfront neighbor, uh, neighborhood and home. It's an affluent beachfront neighborhood and it's home to 10,000 of Israel's wealthiest residents. The neighborhood is well known for its luxury hotels and restaurants and is considered one of Israel's most prestigious neighborhoods to live in. And on a cliff overlooking the beach is, and I want to say this right, Galay Tchelet Street. And it's the most expensive street in Israel and also the home address of several foreign ambassadors. Crazy. I actually probably don't want a house on that street because um, it would I would rather spend money on shawarma and burgers. I know that's pathetic, but what do you do? I have my priorities, man. Uh, <laughs> now in southeastern Herzliya Petuach is where the industrial zone is located and what were once factories 
um, are now, is now a major high-tech center. Um, and the home of the headquarters in Israel of Microsoft, Apple, and other high-tech businesses, as well as a number of venture capital firms. So yeah, the uh, that's that's actually pretty fabulous. So they took the entire industrial, you know, polluting, uh, churning out, you know, industrial pollutants and stuff like that and turned it into a tech heaven. And it really is. And the relationship between Herzliya, Herzliya Petuch, and uh and tel aviv is that is the nexus and i use that word and it's very important because that is the hub of innovation not just in israel but in the world herzliya is some call it the silicon valley of israel but i don't see it that way i see it above that because the things that herzliya is coming up with are light years ahead of you know, it's it's good to it, it's a nice adage because it gives importance through history by calling it the Silicon Valley, but it's so much more than that, and it's so much greater than that. Um, all right. Also in Herzliya is the Herzliya Medical Center. Now it was founded in 1982, and it was created based on a successful um, idea from an investment group uh, from South Africa, excuse me, I just take up, based on a, uh, based on a South African model for a clinic. And that's where you could get everything done under one roof, where you could have the doctors, um, you could go see your doctor, you could go get surgery, minor surgery or something like that, or deliver a baby or everything like that you know, all in one place. And it became the model for what is um, the clinics that exist in Israel. And this model combined clinical services and surgical facilities with doctor's offices all in one location. And by 1991, due to its success, the medical center uh, was already expanding. So it had only been in, uh, in operation for nine years. And already this model was showing to be effective, efficient, and helpful to the community. So they were expanding it. And in 1999, both the United Nations and the UNDOF um, cited the uh, the Herzliya Medical Center as the number one medical service provider in Israel. So they were doing it the best. And in 2001, the hospital founded their exclusive department of medical tourism, whose services catered to patients who were embassy representatives posted in Israel. So it was possible for, um, for wealthy individuals from developed countries uh, to get to, to medical tourism that's basically where you go to another country to get a procedure because it's less expensive in your country or a waiting list so if you have the money you can go to israel so w israel has some of the best medical practices in the world and they now through Herzliya medical center offer that to everyone um since 2001 and in 2013, the inspection of the Ministry of Health of Israel named the Herzliya Medical Center, 
the best medical institution in Israel. So that's awesome. That's amazing. Um, the Herzliya Medical Center has more than 400 medical specialists in all leading branches of medicine. They have eight operating rooms and more than not and more than 9,000 babies as of January 2013 were born to couples who were treated at the hospital for fertility issues. So they do everything. <clears throat> this is absolutely amazing. And Herzliya Medical Center also provides a wide range of treatments from caring for the psychiatric needs of patients to life-saving procedures such as organ transplants, cardiac surgeries, and neurosurgical treatments. So if you're sick, go to um, Herzliya Medical Center. And one of the things that I, I found out was that it is owned by, uh, partially owned by Klalit which is cool because when I go to Israel, I get Klalit insurance. This isn't a plug. This is just information. So um, there are, I think, three or four major insurance providers um, in state-funded insurance providers um, in Israel, and Klalit is one of them. And that means if you have Klalit, you can go get um, medical procedures at Herzliya Medical Center which is the best in Israel. All right, I'm going to take one more sip of coffee. We only have a couple more things to go through, and they're all super fun. Hold on. All right, I'm babbling, so my voice is, can you hear it? It's getting a little scratchy. So, um, all right, so next, Herzliya Municipal, Municipal Stadium and Sportec Herzliya. Um, uh, so Herzliya is home to Maccabi Herzliya and Hapoel Herzliya football clubs who both play to 81,000 fans in Herzliya Municipal Stadium. Um, it's also home to the B'nai Herzliya basketball clubs, uh, club whose games are played at the, let me read this right, Hayovel uh, High School Arena. And for those who actually want to play sports um, rather than just be a spectator, Herzliya has sport Tech Herzliya, which is a 30-acre outdoor sports complex that is open for public use and is one of the city's biggest main attractions. So I don't know if you know this, but Israel is a soccer nation, a football nation. So I go to football games when I go uh, to Israel because they are amazing. And that Herzliya has two separate teams says something not only about the amount of money that's in Herzliya but about the amount of sport that's in Herzliya and it's it's phenomenal you go to these Israeli football games and they are wild the fans are ridiculous and the hot dogs are pretty decent too but moving on to the Herzliya Marina um, now it is one of the most picturesque locations in Herzliya and the Herzliya Marina is located at the southern end of the city strip of beachfront hotels. Um, and within the marina complex is the Arena Mall and a number of restaurants overlooking the water. Um, it is the single largest marina in Israel and is often used as a location in Israeli film and television. And I think, I'm pretty sure, is it hostages? In hostages... 
the bad guys are having a meeting at Hertzlia Marina. So it's beautiful. It's amazing. It is in anytime you see a picture of Hertzlia, that marina is the backdrop of it. And it is fabulous. It's a great place to hang out when you're visiting Hertzlia. It's a great place to eat when you're visiting Hertzlia. Um, and why one of the reasons to visit Hertzlia is because of Hertzlia's beaches. That I live for beaches. Live for beaches. Okay, and I'm gonna read off all of them with brief descriptions of all of them. So the first one is Apollonia Beach, and this beach is located within Apollonia National Park and contains the Phoenician village of Apollonia through the Roman and Byzantine city, uh, through Roman and Byzantine times, uh, Apollonia existed, and the Crusader Fortress of Arsuf from the 13th century is also there. So there's a lot of stuff to see, not just the beach. Um, the next one is Sidna Ali Beach, which is in what I guess Nofiam, which is the neighborhood Nofiam. And the beach is named after the historic Sidna Ali Mosque. And north of the entrance to the beach, it's perched on a ledge. Uh, not it's perched on a ledge, but the Hermit House is perched on a ledge, another attraction there. And this was built by Nassim Kalon out of tires, bottles, broken plates, and other debris that had washed ashore. So that's a cool place to go visit. Um, the next one is Hasharon Beach, and that's a long, long sandy beach that has various cafes and restaurants, and they all have panoramic sunset views. Um, the next one is... Um, Zvulun Beach, and this beach is home to the Hertzlia Sea Scouts, um, which is, it's kind of like um, Boy Scouts or Girl Scouts, and it's on the water, and you do all kinds of cool stuff. Um, the next one is Acadia Beach and Don Acadia Beach, and they're named after the Don Acadia Hotel, which is nearby, and it is the largest uh, beach in Hertzlia Petuach. Um, the next one is Hof Hanachim, and this is awesome because this is a wheelchair accessible beach and it has facilities that cater to the handicapped beachgoer. You guys are awesome, Israel. Way to go. Now, the last one is Hachof Hanifrad, and that's a beach for Orthodox Jews and it operates separate days for men's and women's beach use usage so um if you're a man you go on one day if you're a woman you go on the other day and it's their beach and boom that's it that is the modern city of Hertzlia. i hope you enjoyed it um because Hertzlia is a really awesome place and it is some of the best in israel um and it is the home of the startup nation all right that's it that's this episode um thanks for watching um hey if you like this video hit the like button hit the subscribe button and the notification bell so you always get the brand new episodes as they come out and i'm going to try to do this right if you want to take us with you uh and up to the gym while you're out taking a walk or in the car you can find us on i uh soundcloud itunes google podcasts Stitcher, tune in and Spotify. I did it. Yay! 
Um, also, as I said, this episode is brought to you by the 12 Cities in Israel Modern Hebrew Flashcards. And they're available on Amazon for Kindle. They're free for Kindle Unlimited, and they're $9.99 uh, if you want to buy them. And uh, I am in the process right now of doing the word list for body and clothing. Um, I've done Aleph Bet in print and script. I've done Numbers in Hebrew. Those are both out. Uh, and Body and Clothing is coming out um, in the next couple of weeks. I've got to send my word list over uh, to my colleagues in Israel, uh, in Jerusalem. And uh, they're going to go through and they're going to make sure all of my words are correct and their usage is correct. Um, and yeah, so check it out. Also, um, the, uh, the children's book, Who Is a Jew? The Bedtime Story. Um, I have the artwork being done right now. It's coming out amazingly. And uh, Dana Korokova is the illustrator and she's fan-freaking-tabulous. Um, so that'll be coming soon. Um, all right, guys. That's it. Todorba. Leitorot ve. Yalla, bye. Shati la perach anishar Bye.